What's up, Joe? What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Sports 360. I'm Jeff Fennell, and I'm here with my man, Rob Duran of Rob Duran Sports. Rob, what's up, man? Hey, what's going on, Jeff? Hey, I'm doing okay. Doing okay. Um, been watching some baseball. We're coming down to the wire, man. Um, pennant races are starting to heat up. Um, some teams are playing well. Some teams aren't. <laughs> um, and it's going to be interesting. I, I really do think, and I think we talked about this last week, it's going to be a good October coming up. Uh, so looking forward to that. Um, NFL season kicked off. My Dallas Cowboys did it again, right? <laughs> uh, played well enough to lose. <laughs> um, but we'll see what happens, man. First game of the season. I'm not worried about it too much. Um, but, man, they they it's tough being a Cowboys fan, man. It's tough. And I've been a Cowboys fan for a long time. Um, but they, they lost to Tom Brady. What do you think about Tom Brady? You're up in that in that new England area. Right. Um, and I know he's with Tampa now, but you're, you know, what are your thoughts about Tom Brady, man? Cause it seemed to me that people either love him or hate him. And I'm one of those that does not love Tom Brady because he terrorized my jets for my whole lifetime, basically. So <laughs> that's how I feel about Tom Brady, but the dude is special, man. As much as I don't like Tom Brady, I hate Tom Brady. I can't, I can't knock the guy. I was, he's 40 something years old, 44 years old. He looks like he's 30 with his TV 12 magic going on and the diet and all this stuff, man. It's annoying that he's still great. He's probably still going to win more Super Bowls. Maybe he wins another one this year. Got to respect the guy. He's the GOAT. Yeah, you do have to respect him. Um, I I never liked New England, um, and so didn't like Tom Brady either. And and I, I don't hate on him really uh, because I just admire the excellence, you know, because it's just right in front of us, and we're having an opportunity to witness it. And I think sometimes that as a fan you may want your team to win. Like you talk about, you're a Jets fan. I'm a Cowboys fan. We both want our teams to win. But if they're playing against a player or a team, that's just simply excellent. At some point, you know, you have to be thankful that you have an opportunity to witness it firsthand. You know what I mean? Yeah. Instead of reading about it, you know, like there, there's a part of me that 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 wishes I saw some of the great Yankees teams or you know the great celtics teams and things of that sort you know what i mean um just to see them you know instead of clips and reading articles about it and seeing some video and stuff like that here we have an opportunity you know to have witnessed tom brady from the very beginning if you're old enough right you know witness him come into the league and and to do what he's done and it's just been excellent. And even though I don't root for him, I don't particularly like him, never liked New England, and now don't like Tampa, I still got to give it to him, man, because, we, you know, he's done something that we've never seen and might not ever see again. 
Yeah, and I feel that way too with you know guys like LeBron James. It's a once in a lifetime generational talent. Um, there are kids who, like my son, you know, he's not going to know who LeBron James was unless he sees videos. So similar to like me with, with Jordan, you know, Jordan was 80s, early 90s. By the time I started watching basketball, really following it, Jordan wasn't, you know, he's at the tail end of his career, his last retirement and stuff like that. So I didn't get the opportunity to see Jordan the way a lot of other people, like the way my brother saw Jordan. So the fact that, you know, like you said, being able to see Tom Brady from the very beginning through, you know, whenever he decides to retire in 10 or 15 years from now, um, and just being able to see the greatness and the way he's been able to carry himself throughout his entire career, it's it's something great. You just, like you said, you admire it, you respect it, and you just love to see it as a sports fan. And you, and you mentioned something interesting with Jordan. Um, of how your your brother was, you know, got a chance to see and appreciate him more than you did. You saw him at the tail end of, you saw Jordan at the tail end of his career, and see, I, and that's the point I think we're talking about here. See, I I saw Jordan, you know, and it's kind of hard. Like I try to explain it to my to my grandson. You know, he's seventeen, and you know he thinks LeBron is like hands down the greatest thing ever kind of thing. You know what I mean? And he doesn't even think it's close. And having watched LeBron, I appreciate LeBron's excellence as well, just as I appreciated Kobe's excellence. And But I will say this, there was just something different about Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan, like, terrorized the league. Yeah. He, I mean, he literally terrorized the league. He was so good, it was scary. And 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 you had you know, future Hall of Fame players who were intimidated by the greatness of Michael Jordan. And it was just something that you just never saw. And it was and it was the type of thing that you felt it. Even if you were just watching on television, you could just and look, Michael Jordan talking about Tom Brady terrorizing the Jets. Michael Jordan terrorized the Knicks, especially in the postseason. <laughs> you know what I mean? The yeah. Knicks fans. So, <laughs> you know, it was just something different about that guy. And when I see LeBron play, I appreciate his goodness, but LeBron doesn't terrorize the league, and he never has. Never has. You know, yeah. he, he is just different. And now the league is different. The rules are different and all the rest of that. But when I saw Michael and the way he played and the way he dominated, in his era and i see lebron and yeah you know he has the four championships and all the rest of that but there's no era domination the way we saw it with michael jordan and so that's the thing i mean and and here with tom brady if we get back to him for a second we're we're having an opportunity to see that firsthand and i think that's one of the things you just have to appreciate as a sports fan definitely agree man 100 percent so the other thing, man, um, this past weekend, we had the subway series between the Mets and the Yankees. The Mets took two out of three at City Field um, on Saturday, September 11. There was, you know, a commemoration and uh, acknowledgement of the 20th anniversary of 9-11 um, included in sort of the events 
of, of, you know, of that game were the Mets and Yankees on the field and kind of coming together in a show of unity, right? New York unity type of thing. Yeah. And a lot of people, you know, was well received. Um, Mets and Yankees were mingling on the field together. And then on Sunday, um, the Mets and Yankees were mingling on the field together again, but this time not in the show of unity um, because we had a little bit of controversy in the finale on Sunday Night Baseball, uh, which was a good game, by the way. Uh, had a lot of fireworks, um, but there was some controversy there, and we'll talk about that. But before we do that, um, your thoughts on the Subway Series this past weekend? It was exciting, man. Obviously, the outcome wasn't what I wanted to see. I would have loved to see the Yankees take two out of three or even sweep. But overall, I thought the series was exciting. I thought all the games were competitive on both sides. There wasn't really like a, a boring game, you know, or a, or a slow game or anything like that. I know people were complaining about the Sunday night game taking too long, whatever. But li- listen, and enjoy it while we have it, you know. And it was I thought I thought it was a great series between both teams. Obviously, both teams are still fighting for playoff spots. Um, and and I thought it it delivered. I thought the Subway Series delivered. It being the last time they face each other this year, unless they somehow bulk it to the World Series, which that would be fun. Uh, but, <laughs> but yeah, man, no I balls it. pants. Yeah. <laughs> it was a fun series. <laughs> yeah, and on Sunday, it culminated on Sunday uh, with some fireworks, right? Um, Francisco Lindor, who's been struggling all year. And hearing, you know, the boo birds at City Field um, had a game, you know, three home runs, uh, including the game winner uh, in the bottom of the eighth inning. Um, but on his second home run, as he was rounding the bases, he signaled to 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 Gleyber Torres and to the Yankees dugout he, a whistling motion. Right. He put his his fingers up to his mouth mimicking a whistle and that was because the Mets believed that the Yankees were signaling each other with a whistle Uh, in the Saturday game when Taiwan Walker gave up five runs in uh, I don't know if the second inning but it was early in the game um, and the Mets thought that maybe Taiwan Walker was tipping his pitches the Yankees caught on to it and that they were whistling from the dugout to signal what pitch was coming. And so Lindor kind of said, whistle at that kind of thing after he hit his home run. And Mike Stanton later hit a a game tying home run. Um, And I've never seen anything like that in the major leagues uh, where a player rounding the bases kind of almost stopped. I mean, he like turned around and looked at (laughs) Lindor between second and third and was chatting him up quite a bit. And later on saying, he said that, look, you know, Wandy Peralta was the guy on the Yankees who was whistling. And if you got a problem with Wandy, take it up with Wandy, but don't bring everybody else into it. And then in the eighth inning, Lindor kind of said, take that. Here's home run number three, you know, New York, New York, that on your way home back to the Bronx. <laughs> so um, <laughs> um, it was all interesting, man. But so what do you think about this whistlegate um, as just overall, and then we'll get into the specifics. I mean, I honestly, 
you know, this is going to bring up memories of people thinking about the Astros and the cheating scandal and all that stuff. But um, when we spoke about that, we were very specific about, you know, they're using electronic sign stealing, et cetera. But if you have a runner on second base, for example, and you're catching signs and you're relaying that to the hitter or to whoever, I mean, that that's, that's part of the game, I believe. Same thing, I think, with tipping pitches. If, if you're tipping pitches, that's on the pitcher to figure that out. You, that's on your guys. And and I think it was VR who came over and stopped the game when he realized what was going on. So credit to him for doing that and stopping it and saying, listen, you're tipping. They're catching it. Fix something. And it seems like he did because the Yankees didn't score again off of him um, in that game, off of Walker the rest of the game. But – I honestly, and not because I'm a Yankee fan, if it was the opposite, the other way around, I'd feel the same way. If you're tipping pitches as a pitcher, figure it out. Because if the other team sees it, they're going to take advantage. And if they're going to relay it through whistling and stuff like that, then it is what it is, man. You know, here's the thing. And I do agree with you on the distinction and the difference, you know, between the electronic surveillance using center field cameras and other technology in order to steal signs and things of that sort. And what we, what may have happened on Saturday. And yeah, if Taiwan Walker is tipping his pitches and, and the Yankee players pick up on it, I don't have a problem with that. I really don't. And if they want to share that with their teammates, look, Taiwan Walker, stop tipping your pitches, right? Yeah. Somebody on the Mets should realize that he's tipping him and, 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 and tell him the same thing. And so I don't really have a, a problem with that either. You know, um, you know, I do have a problem, though, with Giancarlo Stanton's explanation after the Sunday night game saying, Wandy Peralta, who was doing the whistling, was just trying to like liven things up in the dugout. In that, you know, and then to keep going on and say things like, um, you know, he, he, I never heard a guy whistle so loud. I wish sometimes he wouldn't do it. It's so loud. And all. it's like, okay. <laughs> See, I'd rather you just say, look, those guys out there tipping his pitches, and so be it. Because in, I believe, Again, I don't know, but if you if you give me a choice between believing that Wandy Peralta was just trying to liven up the dugout or he was re- relaying, you know, what was coming because they were on to Taiwan Walker, I'm going to believe the latter. Yeah. And you know what? So what? Like you said, fix it. The Mets need to fix it. And, you know, apparently... the. You know, there were some adjustments made and Taiwan Walker pitched well for the rest of that game. But, you know, um, I, 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 here's the bigger thing for me, Rob. I think baseball has, you know, they has too many, too many silly rules, man. And, and sometimes it seems to me that players want to be strict in enforcing them and other times they want to be lax. And so here, oh, you, you, you are catching on to what our pitcher is doing and you're relaying it to your team, that's dirty pool, right? But we heard earlier in the year how supposedly hitters didn't have a problem 
with pictures using sticky stuff until the new rule came down, right? Before the new mm-hmm. rule came down, right? Wasn't that the like the common yep. narrative that hitters yes, knew was. that pitchers were using sticky stuff, but they didn't have any problems uh, about that. Um, and so it's just that kind of thing. So which one is it, right? You're, you're concerned about a certain kind of cheating, but not another kind of cheating. That's the problem I have um, with baseball generally when it comes to players policing the game. Yeah, it's the unwritten rules, man. And listen, <clears throat> when Tatis hit that 3-0 Grand Slam, I believe it was, I think it was a Grand Slam, and they were up big. I think they were up like 8-0. And it was against Texas, and they had this big issue about it. I had no problem. Because at the end of the day, Tatis is getting paid to swing the bat. And if you don't want him to swing the bat, regardless if it's 3-0 in the ninth inning and the game is 26-0, then don't pitch down the middle. Walk him, throw in the dirt, whatever you got, or get him out. Find a way to get him out. And, and I have no problem with it. I didn't have a problem then, and I don't have a problem now. And I won't have a problem tomorrow if the guy wants to sing 3-0. You know, that's just part of the game. At the end of the day, if the game is still going on, I believe you still have to play. You play until the whistle, like they say, you know? And listen, man, like you said, some of these rules, the unwritten rules that players have created or the game has created on its own through the years, they want to be followed as a convenient factor. When it, you know, when it's convenient for you, we'll follow it. Oh, you know, let's not run up the score. Let's not, let's not swing three and zero. Let's not have too much fun. But, you know, it's okay to have fun here because it's okay. It's the playoffs, so we can have a little bit of fun. But in the regular season, game eighty-six, we can't have fun there. That's not okay. I don't like it, man. Let's be, let's have some consistency, or let's get rid of the rules in general and just play the game. For me as a fan, I, I, I don't know what's right and what's wrong is from a player's perspective, you know. Um and it seems to me to be, you know, a matter of the circumstance. You, you know what I'm saying? Like um, you know, it, like for example, you know, no one's going to get upset if someone tries a drag bunt in the first inning or something like that. But you can't bunt, supposedly, to break up a no-hitter that's deep in the game. What are you doing bunting? If you want to break up the no-hitter, you need to swing the bat. Where the heck did that come from? <laughs> well, And what kind of sense does that make? Right? You know, as in, in the immortal words of, of Herm Edwards, you play to win the game, right? And that's what you should be doing, you know? And if you're playing within the rules to try to win the game or try to put your team in position to win or or to score or whatever, how can you tell somebody you're not supposed to do that? But I've heard that. You've heard it, you know? And, you know, for me, it's those kind of things I don't understand. And yet, getting back to the sticky stuff, you had hitters supposedly... Right, saying, well, we have no problem with it, with pitchers using it because they have a better grip, they'll have better control, and it's a safety issue. You know, we don't have these 100 mile an hour fastballs getting away from them. 
I think that maybe was part of it. But I think uh, I'm going to be frank. I think the other part of it was the reason why the hitters on Team A weren't concerned about the pitchers on Team B using sticky stuff because the hitter on Team A knew there were pitchers on Team A who were using sticky stuff. Yep. That's what I think. Yep. I agree. It's the, it's going back to it. It's out of convenience. It's out of convenience. If your team wasn't using it, no team should use it, right? But like you said, if if you know that your your ace and your number three guy and your closer and all these other guys are using it, I'm not gonna have a problem with it. No, it's fine. We could leave the sticky stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'm worried about my safety. Let's keep the sticky stuff around. It's all out of convenience, man. Yeah, I think so. Um, but you know, and on this whistling thing, I mean, you know, for me, I thought that the Sunday night game, because of this, actually had some added drama to it, right? Which you don't often see in a regular season baseball game. You know, yeah. it had some drama, it had some tension, it had some, you know, some swag in it, you know, like, oh, okay, he calling them out. You know what I mean? And to me, I was like, that that's that's all right, you know, because you know, when Lindor was was signaling, you know, the whistling, it was almost like he was saying, whistle at that. Right? Yeah. He just hit a home run and he's like, you know, <laughs> you guys want to whistle, whistle at that. And, you know, then Stanton comes back and unleashes a bomb, right? And he has something to say. And it was like, okay, this is some drama. And then Lindor, to his credit, he said when he came up in the eighth inning, he was trying to hit a home run. Yeah. <laughs> and see, to me, all of that added to what would was a memorable game in for the Mets is going to turn out to be a forgettable season. Yeah. And I just thought that, you know, I, I just didn't have a problem with, with, with any of that. But including if the Yankees were, in fact, and I do believe they were on to Taiwan Walker on Saturday night, if they were signaling that to each other, then so be it, man. You know, tighten up your stuff, Taiwan. Yeah, that, exactly. That's that's exactly my point. If if you're tipping your pitches, then it's either on the catcher, your your manager, and like I said, I think it was VR who came out and said, "Listen, something's going on here." So to their credit, they figured it out also that maybe he was tipping or something was going on and they switched it up. So, you know, they fixed it up. But, yeah, if you're tipping your pitches, man, and the other team catches it, guess what? Everyone's going to find out and you're going to get hit unless you fix that up. And, and the funny thing, too, the last guy that I want talking trash to me after I just talked trash is probably Giancarlo Stank because that dude is massive. The dude looks like he could be a, a wrestler or a football player. So I wouldn't want that guy talking trash to me, Jeff. I don't know about you, but no. uh, it's a scary no. dude. <laughs> Look, I, I I recall years ago, man, when um <laughs> when I was working for the Players Association, I had to um I think I traveled to I think it was Philly. Um. And there was some union business that had to be taken care of. And I had to meet, you know, um, with the Marlins players um, and talk to them about a couple of things. And it was, it turned out to be the day after 
uh, and he was Mike Stanton back then, right? <laughs> right? Uh, had gotten called up, and I didn't know. You know what I mean? Like, okay, Stanton got called up. Okay, whatever. So I, I had to go to the to the Marlins clubhouse, and I'm in the clubhouse, and I'm talking to the guys, and here comes Stanton. Now I never saw him before. And he comes walking through the clubhouse with no shirt on. I'm like, who let that football player up in there? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, I have been around baseball players for a long time. I'm like, one of these cats don't look like the other. <laughs> and um, I, I've never seen anybody like that, man. So, yeah, he is he is a a a a, a massive human being. Um, but you know, what's interesting is that I, I think we all need to thank God for this. And that is most of the time, these massive human beings have gentle souls and they don't yeah. walk around just grabbing people up by the scruff of their neck like they can. And I think we just need to thank God <laughs> for that. Um, cause, uh, I don't think Stanton, Stanton wasn't looking to fight. And then do it to be all. happy about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I wouldn't want to get into a fight with the Yankees, period. They got Stan Judge. Boyd Judge. is another dude who looks like a yeah. a tank. Yeah. Gallo is another big dude now. Man. Yeah, they got some big they got some big guys <laughs> on their team. You know. Well, let me ask you this. When it comes to like cheating and things like that, um, are there any things uh, is there anything or number of things in baseball that you say, okay, that crosses the line, right? Because it seems to me the line is fuzzy, right? Yeah. Sometimes, you know what I mean? Like, you know, well, don't, don't, don't beat on the trash can, you know, don't whistle, but Hey, a little bit of sticky stuff. Okay. Right. Uh, if I can, you know, um, you know, don't, don't, try to bunt to break up a no hitter. Don't steal a base. If you're up, you know, big late in the game, don't swing three and oh, you know what I mean? That kind of stuff. But the other yeah. team continues to try to score runs on you, you know? So it's like, well, w- wait a minute. So I can't, you want me to stop playing. You want me not to swing the bat, not bunt, not steal but you're going to continue to do all of those things to come back in the game. And we've seen a lot of teams come back from tremendous deficits or significant deficits um, every year and including this year. So I don't understand some of these rules that we have, but are there certain rules, certain things about the game that you say you can't cross that line? I would say if it's in the rule book, like the official rule book, not the, unwritten rule book if it's in the official rule book i say those have to be respected like you know the foreign substance stuff if it's in there it shouldn't be around the game you know even if you're hiding it or it's out of convenience and stuff like that but any of these unwritten rules like like you mentioned the whole running up the score thing the other team is trying to score back on you like you said you know they're trying to they're trying to win this game as well so you're putting the responsibility on me to take my star players out the game for your convenience so that you can have a better chance and make this a better competitive game. No, I'm going to leave my guys in there. I'm going to play to the end, unless it's like literally 20 to zero in the eighth inning. 
and I want to take out, for example, you know, Judge, who's been on his feet the last week and a half and stuff like that, yeah, I'll take him out because it's the eighth inning. It's 20 to zip, eighth, eighth inning. That's fine, but don't ask me to, to not run up the score just because I scored 10 runs on you in the first two innings. I'm going to continue to score. I want my guys to continue to hit, make it score another 10 in two innings. But, yeah, I can't. I think if it's in the rule book, it should be respected and, and followed as such. But I can't think of any unwritten rules that I would say need to be enforced, and those must be followed, or else you'll go to baseball prison or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I look, I, I, I don't know, you know, and, and, you know, I know a number of baseball players, and, you know, I, I, I know players who, you know, played at a time when they knew guys on the other team were breaking the rules. They knew, and they really didn't care. They were like, when I say they really didn't care, I mean, they didn't go and, you know, it was a different era, so, you know, they but they didn't, you know, try to make a public display or anything like that about what it was that they knew. They just went out there and said, we're going to beat this guy anyway. Yeah. You know, and I don't know if that's the thing, you know, if, if that's the right approach or not. But, you know, I do think, though, Rob, about PEDs. And I know that players, you know, years ago actually went to Major League Baseball and said, we have to have tougher penalties against PEDs. Now, I'm not condoning PEDs, but, you know, it's just interesting to me in in a situation like that, that you can have some players say, well, I know the other guy is, you know, scuffing up the ball. (laughs) You know what I mean? So what? I'm I'm going to get a hit anyway, or you know yeah. whatever the case may be, um, or you know uh, you know something like that, and it's okay, you know what I mean. Um, but yet, you know, we're gonna we 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 we're going to go to the commissioner and say we want stiffer penalties for PEDs, and I'm just wondering. It's like okay, it just seems to me certain things seem to be okay, certain things aren't. And, you know, when I look at that, I just think to myself, you know, why, why, why would players go to, you know, and, and want, you know, stricter penalties? And what they would say to you is the integrity of the game and we don't want people cheating. Okay. Well, mm. then why then the sticky stuff when the guy was using it, you were okay with it. You see what I'm saying? Like, that's the, that's the part to yeah. me that I kind of <laughs> say, well, which one is it, right? Yeah. And, and you know, and, and so those are the things that to me just just lead me to, to, to scratch my head. And I don't think we see the types of things that we see in baseball and in, in the other sports. And maybe it's just because of the way the game is played, the way the rules of the game and, and all the rest of it. Um, we, we just don't see it. You know, we don't see people talking about, yeah, look, you, you talked about running up the score. We see that in football, right? Oh, don't run up the score, you know, and people getting mad if you kick a late field goal or stuff like that. You know what I mean? When the game was just out of hand or a guy going up a fancy dunk, you know, on the last play of the game and you're already up 15. You know what I mean? Instead of just dribbling the ball out. But not like in baseball, bro. Come on, man. A guy can't celebrate a home run in baseball. I know. Pitcher can't celebrate a strikeout. 
I don't, that brings I don't... fun to the game. Well. I like seeing it. You know, we go back to Jose Bautista when he was with the Blue Jays and hit that home run. I believe it was against Baltimore in the playoffs. The bat flip hurt around the world. Yeah. yeah. That was. I mean, you're in the playoffs. You better throw that bag. I'm surprised he didn't throw it further with the kind of home run it was. Man. Yeah, I mean, but I will say this, though, because um, I've seen some video of players in, you know, minor leagues and some even, you know, amateur players, whether it's high school or college, where, you know, a guy hit a home run and, like, the bat flip was, like, crazy. <laughs> I mean, it was, you know, and, and for me, you know, I think that, you know, Batista hitting a, a a a key home run in a playoff game is one thing. You know, some of these other you know things that we see happening um, in different contexts. I, you know, I do question that. You know, like in other words, I think there's room for celebration, but I don't think you should be doing everything. Like I, I I've told you, I don't believe Marcelo Suna taking selfies when he hits a home run, and he takes a selfie between first home and first I, I i don't like that yeah you know what i mean I, I i i don't like that and i will tell you this too i don't particularly know what in the world um nando is doing when he hits a home run and he comes to third base he, he, like he acts like he's scared to touch the base and then he says okay i'm gonna go anyway you know what i mean he does that little shuffle thing oh uh, yeah 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 you know yeah, what i, I don't mean know what <laughs> i don't even know what that is but some of those things that I think are not so much a part of the game. Like when I say part of the game, when Batista hit the home run, I mean, that's something that happened in the game. And he's celebrating that particular moment. And, and, and I think that's different than some of the things that we see that are choreographed. I I think I have more problem with the choreographed stuff. You know what I mean? I have a problem with the Phillies and their big hats and, and the Blue Jays with their funny-looking coats and the Mets with their home-run pony and all these other silly <laughs> things. I have more problem with that than a guy celebrating spontaneously. Yeah, I can see that. I, I like the spontaneous celebrations much better. I mean, e- even I play in a, in a rec league softball on, the, on Sundays. You know, we don't coordinate these celebrations sometimes like I hit, I hit a triple last week and I was very proud proud of myself I hit that triple and I celebrated when I got to third but it wasn't like I planned to celebrate I didn't plan to hit a triple but it was exciting you know moment of the game we were down I was a tying run I got on third on the triple yeah I'm gonna celebrate I'm gonna clap I'm gonna yell a little bit that kind of stuff I, I get what you're saying there so I do agree with that yeah but but here's the thing man I mean you know, you don't want to tell everybody that part of your celebration was that you sent out the invitation because even I got one to like to to. to... <laughs> <laughs> to watch your triple on social media. I'm only kidding. <laughs> Somebody should have recorded it. <laughs> Look, between me and you, I mean, we're not going to say that it should have been an inside-the-park home run if you had some wheels, but that's okay. <laughs> it's funny. I actually told my friends today, don't think I wasn't going for the home run. The guy just got the, got the ball in fast enough. 
but I yeah. was going for it. Yeah, but you know, listen on 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 this whole thing though. I I do think that you know, um, you know, when it comes to these types of things that we were talking about in baseball, it's like I I it's it, it's too much. It, it, it's too much going on, and and, and I think that you know. Um, I, I, I just think the game needs to be played. And do I think that the players need to police the game? Sure. Right. I, I, I think, you know, we have referees, we have umpires and, and officials in the different sports, but at the end of the day, players do need to police the game. And, you know, I do believe that, you know what I mean? And I think, you know, you know, there's ways to do that within the context of the game, you know? Um, and, you know, I I, 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 just think that baseball though seems to not quite know what it wants to do because I think there are times when, you know, they want to say certain things are out of bounds, but then other times it's not. You know, and and I just or, or other things are not. You know what I mean? And it 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 just doesn't make sense to me. You know, like for the life of me, as I said before, and we've been talking about it tonight, I, I just don't understand how, you know, it's okay to scuff up a ball or to, or to put sticky stuff on a ball. And you go, yeah, I know the guy was doing that, but you can't whistle to signal yeah. the guys tipping pitches. See that, that to me, I just don't, I just don't get it. And it's, it's like, I, I just wonder if guys need to just play, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and 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 that's why I liked what happened on Sunday because, yeah, Lindor was like, yeah, whistle at that. But he did it because he was like, okay, you guys did what you did or we think you did what you did on Saturday night and you beat us because the Yankees end up beating the Mets. Um, you know, they, they, they got to the Mets bullpen and, and came back in that game after the Mets had taken the lead. But Lindor comes back the next day and you know he's helping the Mets put it to the Yankees, and to me, that's the way you do it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. In other words, you think someone is doing something, then within the context of the game, right? Let them know. Right? Yeah. I hit this thing, and now take that. But yeah. not not this. You know, telling me I can't swing or I can't steal or I can't bunt. No. You know, come within the con, you know, within the confines of the game and shut me up if you think I'm talking too much or, you know what I'm saying, Rob? I mean, but don't tell me I can't pimp a home run. Strike me out. Yeah, that's why I had no problem with with Lindor or with Stan doing what they did to each other kind of thing. I had no problem with it because at the end of the day, Stan hit that home run and told Lindor, whistle you can tell me that but this is what i'm gonna tell you and lindor came right back and hit that home run again the third home run of the game and said all right we got it we got it and i and i love that it brings you know some excitement to the game and like you said you you resolve it within the game itself you take care of that within the game itself just like i've been saying like i said earlier you know you don't want that swinging three and oh walk him or strike him out don't fall behind in the count. Challenge the hitter, you know? Beat him. Beat him, and he won't hit that home run against you. Simple as that. I remember, Rob, 
when I was a kid watching baseball. And if a guy pimped a home run, the next guy got drilled. Yeah, the the next guy, you know what I mean? The next batter up got drilled. And the point of that was the teammate who got drilled was going to go to the guy who pimped the home run and say, you better not do that again. (laughs) You know what I mean? Because he's paying, you know, the guy who got drilled had to pay the price. Yeah. And that was an acceptable part of the game for a long time. You know what I mean? For a long time. Yeah, people expect it. Guys expect it to get hit at one point. And what do you think about that? Well, you see, that one for me, to be honest, it's it sits in a in a gray area because I don't think that the, you should hit the guy if the other guy pimps the home run. I'll throw that one out there. So let's say we'll go back to Tatis. If Tatis hits the home run, I don't think you should go and hit Manny Machado. Point blank. That's for me. But then we have the situation where your best player gets hit. And let's say it's, it's intentional. We'll take off the, the unintentional hitting out, out of it. It's an intentional hit. You want to go and hit somebody else. And we saw that a couple years ago with the Rays and the Yankees, where CC, the Yankees catcher at the time, I think it was Austin Romine, got hit. CC responded by hitting the Rays catcher, got ejected. He didn't get his bonus. He ended up getting it later on, but he didn't get the playing bonus, all that stuff. But CC was protecting his guys. I think if it's something like that, I don't have as much of a problem with it because you're just you're you're not trying out there to headhunt. You're just throwing behind a guy, hitting him, you know, where there's a lot of meat on his bones where it won't injure him or anything like that. Something like that, I feel like it's different and more acceptable than you drilling the next guy just because you just gave up a home run. Like, you just gave up the home run. You should <laughs> do what uh, I think it was an Astros pitcher who punched himself in the face after giving up a tying run to, to the Yankees. Do that. Punch yourself in the face because you just gave up the home run. Don't drill the other guy who, who did it has nothing to do with it. Yeah, I would tell you this. I've, I've never liked the idea of intentionally hitting a guy. And I understand, I understand all the rationale, you know, if you go back in the day that we were talking about where the guy in front of you hits the home run, he pimps it. And now you want to make the guy behind him pay or in a situation you described with CC, you know, and, you know, you say, well, I got to protect my guys and all the rest of that stuff. I get that. But to me, that part of the game, I've never liked that I, I because I just think, you know, Throwing a baseball intentionally at a human being. <laughs> Dangerous. I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> Somebody got to tell me where that makes sense. I mean, <laughs> I, that, I, I just don't get that. You know what I mean? And so I, I and I, and I understand there's going to be a lot of players that say, well, man, you never played the game. So you don't know. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm talking like someone who's never played the game, but I've watched the game and you know what I'm saying? And, I I just don't think that makes any sense to me, um, you know, because I just think that, you know, the yeah, you could be trying to hit somebody where there's a lot of meat <laughs> right, or whatever, but you could miss. You know what I'm saying? And, and yeah. And, and to me, that's the thing. Um, but, you know, that that also is 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 part of the game. But now, having said that, 
I do believe pitchers should be able to pitch up and in or they should be able to pitch inside. And that seems to have gone away, which is why so many guys are lunging over the plate these days. You know what I mean? With their launch angle and all the rest of it, because, you know, the inside of the plate um, pretty much has become non-existent for pitchers and stuff like that. So, look, is, is it is it complicated? I think in the end, yes. But I do, for me, I think that there's an inner conflict in baseball and among players as to what is the appropriate way to play the game. You know, what's acceptable and what's not. And it seems to me that, you know, um, it changes based on context and other factors, which says to me this is not about something being right or wrong. It's just a matter of opinion. Yeah. I 100% agree with that. I mean, hello, I just changed my opinion a little bit too. I said you could well, protect your guy. For the- <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're going to stay there. You're going to, no, no, you on record, man. We already heard you. You said yeah. you can protect your guy. Look, you and again, that's, that's fair. That's fair if, if you believe that. I think, look, I think you're probably more in the majority than I am. You know what I mean? As yeah. far as from, from a baseball perspective. I think most players are okay with that part of it. I just think that's kind of on on the crazy side. You know what I mean? Of yeah. like, I'm gonna throw a ball at another human being. I just think that's I just think that's nuts. But you know, uh, so I'm I'm probably in the minority on that. And I do understand all of the rationale that goes with it. But it's just still something I can't buy. But the one thing that that um, again, that, that I did enjoy and I, and I had absolutely no problem with it is what happened Saturday and Sunday um, this past weekend with, with, with the Mets and Yankees. And to me, that was a situation that even though right now I did read a story, Rob, where the Mets are saying they don't know if they're going to make a complaint with the commissioner's office. And I would I would hope they wouldn't uh, because I think this was something that was handled Sunday night and yeah. it was, it was, you know, it was done within the context of the game. And as a viewer of the game, it was something that I thought was fun to watch. And I think we should just, just leave it at that. Yeah. I'm with you. Just let it be. It was resolved. Like, like we've been saying, it was resolved in the context of the game. Lindor responded. Giancarlo resp- responded back. And Lindor finished it. Simple as that. I would leave it right there. All right. We're going to leave it right there for this for this edition of Sports 360, man. Um, and I'm actually going to somewhat allow you to get out of this, this episode without, without having to answer for the fact that the Yankees <laughs> went three and six against the Angels, the Orioles, and the Mets, and two weeks ago, you or three weeks ago, you're talking about this was like the easy part of their schedule. Uh, listen, man, I'm just looking forward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you need to look forward. You don't want to look back. No, all I know is they won. They won yesterday against the Twins. Dramatic win. They're winning right now against Baltimore. That's it. That's all that matters. Okay. You're right. 
You're right. <laughs> All right, brother. Well, hopefully they'll continue to win. Um, you know, the Mets, you know, mathematically are in it, but you know, we'll we'll see if that makes any difference. I don't think it will. But um, you know, let let's just let's just hope that uh, you know, teams can just go out there and, and, and continue to play. Um and you know, not not do crazy stuff, man. And 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 I think that's what I did enjoy about the Mets and Yankees the other night. Um, they just handled it on the field, and that's the way it should be. So, um, all right, brother, we will come back again next week, and we'll do it all again. Um, and we'll continue to keep our eyes on the pennant races, and also to the start of the NFL season. There's some things that happen this in the opening week. Um, We'll look forward to this week in the NFL and maybe come back and talk a little bit about that as well. Um, so good cut, good talking with you, brother, and look forward to catching you next time.